Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. And our favorite team is the first in the NHL to reach the 100-point mark this season, thanks to a 2-0 shutout win over the hottest team in the NHL up till last night, the Philadelphia Flyers. Tuka Rask, with his 50th career shutout on his 33rd birthday. We'll get into all that game action here in a moment, as well as update the uh, Eastern Conference power rankings and some news and notes from around the NHL. But first, I want to remind you that I am your host, uh, Ian McLaren. This is episode 116, I believe, of the podcast. Uh, Crazy to think that we are in the final stretches of the regular season. Uh, if you don't follow me my now on Twitter, you can find me at Ian C. McLaren. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Ruins. Please subscribe, download, listen, uh, rate, and review the podcast uh, on your favorite podcast app, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, uh, Pocket Casts. Uh, Apple ratings and reviews particularly uh, go a long way as that platform is still uh, you know, the number one platform and uh, is where, you know, it helps to rank and chart and all that kind of stuff. So if you have done that already, I thank you very much. And if you have a moment today, please do so. So yes, the Bruins for the third consecutive season have reached triple digits in the league standings, all under head coach Bruce Cassidy. Um, it's a record worth celebrating, especially since they have all those loser points in the bag as well. Um, they could very well be, uh, you know, well past the hundred point mark at this point, if it hadn't been for those games, but, uh, they're still, uh, the top team in the NHL by far at the moment. And, um, you know, pretty much have the Atlantic division, uh, sewn up at this point, uh, to Garask after the game, I mentioned it was his 50th career shutout. Uh, he said, these days, it's one of those things. You almost have to get 100 points just to make the playoffs. The league is tighter than ever, and we've just trying to get a head start early in the season and keep that momentum going the whole year. And yeah, pretty much since day one, the Bruins have been uh, at the top of the Atlantic. Uh, a couple of bumps in the road, particularly um, through... Early December, uh, a little bit in January as well, prior to the All-Star break and their bye week. But since then, uh, they've pretty much been um, on top of their game and just clicking on all cylinders, which is great to see. Um, Obviously, first place in the East, in the NHL, you get home ice advantage. Uh, We don't know exactly what that'll mean in the playoffs right now as the coronavirus continues to spread and there's all these warnings come about coming out about gathering in large groups. So whether that means um, games will be played in front of empty arenas or, you know, all out cancellations that's yet to be seen, but uh, the Bruins right now are um, gearing up for a long postseason run once again. And, uh, you know, the Flyers coming into this game had won nine in a row. They were, Uh, challenging for first in the Metro and the Bruins just brought their a game and Tuka Rask in particular uh, stood out with a 36 save performance, his fifth shutout of the season, 50th of his career and all on his 33rd birthday. Bruce Cassidy said he was excellent. 
we know he didn't have his best against Tampa, especially early on, giving up those two shorthanded goals on the same power play. Uh, but he bounced back very quickly, as he usually does. Uh, and Bruce said he wasn't surprised at all that he gave uh, a solid effort and was a big reason why the Bruins uh, won this game. Charlie Coyle said he's that caliber of goalie, even in practice. It's tough to score on that guy. The saves he had were so huge. I can remember one particularly on Joel Farabee near the end of the game that was uh, vital to uh, Boston holding on to their lead. Coyle added, he did his job, and we'd like to see it every night. We want to help him out as much as we can. We can help him a little more, but we all have confidence in him. Uh, Rask of 50th shutout, he said, it's a great milestone. Didn't even realize he had reached that mark. I've been around for many years. It's one of those things where you play enough games, uh, those milestones happen, and it's definitely a good one. Coyle, I mentioned earlier, um, he is... Uh, just proving to be such an important part of the Bruins' success at both ends of the ice. I think it's uh, a stretch of five games now where he has led all five all Bruins forwards in ice time. Uh, it's safe to say that his line is kind of the, the second line at the moment. Uh, last night it was Coyle, Corrali, and Bjork. Uh, he's had a mix of wingers, but... Uh, Game in and game out, he is just proving to be a force, again, at both ends of the ice in all situations, uh, particularly on the penalty kill, just keeping the puck away from the opposition. And, um, yeah, he's such an integral part of this team. Um, there was one play in particular where he made a diving play to break up a 2-on-0, kind of 2-on-1 in the defensive end. Cassidy said it allowed us to stay on the power play in a tie game and score the goals. Those are the things that don't show up on the scoreboard. Um, a tough play on the blue line. Didn't quit on it. Stayed with it. I thought it was the play that may have changed the game and certainly gave us life. I particularly love a good back check uh, by a forward like that. Just sprawling out, clean, playing the puck perfectly, and... Um, Rask from his perspective obviously had a great vantage point uh, of that play he said it was a huge play on a tough bounce uh, you're preparing yourself for that 2-0 I didn't realize how big of an effort he made to come back and he dove and cut that pass off I think that really gave us a lift um, Coyle like I said he saw 20 minutes and 47 seconds of ice time 226 on the power play 231 uh, shorthanded, um, along with Corrali, who saw a lot of shorthanded ice time. Um, so yeah, Coyle, just a huge part of this team and so glad that he is, uh, signed to a contract extension, uh, for several seasons to come. Uh, David Krejci is entering the last year of his deal. Um, so we might see a bit of a changing of the guard there as Coyle jumps into the second line center spot. Uh, don't know what it means for Krejci for next season if they try to move him to free up even more cap space to get their young guys signed. But uh, Coyle certainly proving his worth to the Bruins right now. Uh, Brandon Carlo and Tori Krug both missed last night's game, making the shutout even more impressive because the second pair was out. Uh, Lozon and Grizzlick moved up. Uh, John Moore and Connor Clifton 
uh, were the third pairing in this one. Uh, Clifton saw only 12 minutes and 44 seconds. Moore only 14-44. Bruce Cassidy said they're both working their way back. Doubtful for this weekend. Uh, The Bruins have a game on Friday in Buffalo and on Saturday in Toronto. Uh, But it gives an opportunity for Moore and Clifton to get back in the lineup. We thought Carlo might be a little closer, but it doesn't look like Friday is an option for him. Have a better update uh, when, you know, the Bruins convene for practice on Thursday. Not ruling them out for the weekend, but looks 50-50 at best. Um, I mentioned the shot differential in this one. Flyers were up 36-29. The underlying numbers don't really suggest as big of a differential there. The Bruins had a 51.1. 2% advantage in terms of shot attempts in all situ oh sorry at even strength in all situation that um skews more to the flyers who had a 52.6 advantage in all situations so that includes obviously power play penalty kill um so boston kind of locked things down 5 and 5 but all situations the flyers certainly have an advantage and that showed up uh, in the shot differential as well. Um, so yeah, great effort from Tukarask to get the shutout from the defense to step up in the absence of, uh, Krug and Carlo. And hopefully those guys are back sooner than later, but it does give more and Clifton some, uh, pretty valuable ice time in, um, these games down the stretch, Buffalo kind of a write off game, although a bit of a trap game, uh, the Leafs still certainly, playing for playoff position. And so uh, Boston will be in tough in that game, uh, I'd say, but uh, we'll take a look at that closer to uh, the end of the week as we um, look ahead to that weekend action. Let's now update the Eastern Conference power rankings. And there are 11 teams still in contention for a playoff spot. So we'll kind of count those down uh, from 11 to one. Spoiler alert, the Bruins are the top team in the Eastern Conference at the moment. So, uh, you know, I'll give that away right now. But if we look down to 11th and 10th, we have both the New York Rangers and Florida Panthers tied at 78 points. Um, They each have played 69 games. They are on the outside looking in at the moment. Uh, but they do have positive goal differentials, which is a good indication of, you know, the whole point of hockey is to score more goals than the opposition. They may be able to sneak their way into these wildcard spots, uh, but they will have to jump over a couple teams, namely the New York Islanders, who have only played uh, 68 games. They are ahead of the Rangers and Panthers in the standings and, uh, you know, have a, a better goal different, or sorry, better point percentage than uh, not only the Rangers and the Panthers, but also the Maple Leafs and the Blue Jackets who are ahead of them in the standings. So um, right now I'm putting the Panthers in 11th, the Rangers in 10th. I'm actually going to put the Blue Jackets in uh, 9th. They have played 70 games, a record of 33 22 and 15, a 579 point percentage. Uh, but, you know, we've talked a lot about their injury issues, and um, I really think they're 
yeah, um, holding on by a very thin thread at the moment. And I don't expect them to be in the uh, playoff conversation when all things are said and done. They're minus seven in terms of goal differential at the moment, three, four, and three in their last 10 and trending downwards a little bit. The New York Islanders are also trending downwards. Uh, They have 80 points through 68 games. They do have a better point percentage than the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I have a bit more confidence in the Maple Leafs. uh, So I'm going to put the Islanders uh, in eighth at the moment and put the Maple Leafs in uh, seventh. The Leafs came up huge with a 2-1 victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning last night uh, to move back to three points ahead of the Florida Panthers in the race for the third spot in the Atlantic. The Panthers do still have a game in hand, and they are next in action uh, tomorrow night in Dallas, and then they'll um, play the New Jersey Devils and the Detroit Red Wings. So a couple winnable games certainly there, um, and still ample opportunity for them to uh, try and catch the Maple Leafs. Uh, but yeah, the Maple Leafs looked really good in last night's game against the Lightning, uh, continuing a bit of their Jekyll and Hyde routine. Uh, but again, I think when all is said and done, the Leafs should hold on to the third spot. The Panthers uh, may uh, jump into the wild card race. They're only, let's see here, yeah, two points, sorry, three points back of Columbus and Carolina. Carolina will be a bit more difficult to catch, uh, seeing as they've only played 68 games, and I am putting them in the sixth spot at the moment. Uh, they have a record of 38, 25, and 5, plus 29 goal differential. Uh, they've won three in a row now and uh, got Peter Mrazek back from injury, so that's a huge bonus. Uh, they've been without Mrazek and James Reimer since that David Ayers game uh, a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, they've only played 68 games, uh, meaning uh, in terms of uh, point percentage, they are behind only uh, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Washington, Tampa Bay, and Boston in the Eastern Conference. So they have the uh, fifth best point percentage among all teams out East at the moment and certainly look to have that uh, number one wildcard spot, uh, not in the bag, but uh Pretty comfortable in that, seeing as they do have two games in hand on the field, uh, or one game in hand at least on uh, the Rangers and the Panthers. They're level with the Islanders, but the Islanders probably have a better chance of getting the second spot at the moment, considering how they've been playing lately. And uh, I don't think us Bruins fans would be too mad about that matchup. Um, So yeah, Carolina, 81 points. They're five back of Pittsburgh and Phil. Sorry, Pittsburgh. Uh, in the race for third in the Metro, uh, but I think pretty confidently in a playoff spot at the moment. Uh, So that brings us to the top five teams. Uh, Number five, I'm putting the Pittsburgh Penguins. They have a record of 40, 23, and six. They're only three and seven in their last 10 games, although they have won uh, their last uh, game here. Um, Kind of losing ground to both Washington and Philadelphia. Still pretty comfortably in third, uh, but the Flyers, you know, again, the Bruins beat them last night. They're still only a point back of the Capitals in the race for first in the Metro. They have the best goal differential among all um, Metropolitan teams. 
Uh, so I'm putting them in fourth. That would be the Flyers uh, behind the third place team, which will be the Washington Capitals. They're 41, 20, and 8, or 90 points, uh, plus 25 goal differential, 4, 3, and 3 in their last 10. Uh, they won their last game in overtime. Um, I guess that was against the Sabres, I think, so not super impressive. Uh, but they are still hanging on atop the Metro where they've been most of the season. And, um, you know, the Flyers are still kicking around only one point back. They've only played 69 games. Uh, all three of those teams actually Washington, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Uh, so, you know, uh, lots to be decided there in terms of seating. But right now I'm ranking them Washington, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh as three, four and five in the East, one, two, three in the Metro. So that brings us to number two, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, they're, you know, on a bit of a downswing, I'd say. They're 3-6-1 and one in their last 10. They did, of course, just lose to the Maple Leafs. Uh, still sitting at 90 points, 43-21-6. Uh, their plus 50 goal differential is second only to the Bruins. 14 clear of the Flyers, who are in third. And, uh, you know, still a very strong team. I would still favor them over the Maple Leafs in the first round if it comes to that, uh, which it increasingly looks like it will. Uh, but, uh, you know, not really playing their strongest at the moment, uh, which might not be a bad thing considering, you know, uh, how they ran out of steam. Or not ran out of steam, but kind of uh, petered off in the playoffs last year. Um, hopefully for their sake, uh, you know, they can rebound and set up that second round matchup with the Bruins that we all love to see. Second, yeah, so second Tampa Bay, first place are Boston Bruins, the only team to reach 100 points so far this season across the NHL. Boston is eight points clear of Tampa uh, in the East, eight points clear of both Tampa and St. Louis league-wide. Their plus 53 goal differential is also first. They're 7-3 and three over their last 10 games. And, uh, you know, if it weren't for those seven shutout losses, uh, they'd easily be, you know, 10 points clear of both uh, Tampa Bay and St. Louis at the moment. Uh, really looks like the Bruins are on their way to uh, the President's Trophy. We'll see if they start resting some guys here down the stretch now that the Atlantic is pretty much secure. I think if... Tampa wins out, uh, the Bruins would, you know, still have to put together a paltry record in order to uh, fall behind at this point. And you know what? Boston's underlying numbers suggest that they are pretty well set up for sustained success. If we look back to uh, New Year's Day until now, at 5-on-5, five five, the Bruins rank 5th in terms of Corsi uh, percentage at 524 uh, three six. That, of course, again is uh, an average shot attempt differential, uh, meaning the Bruins are out attempting their opponents quite regularly at five on five play, uh, which is a very good indication of puck possession and uh, generating uh, chances at the other end. In terms of expected goals percentage, the Bruins are fourth at fifty two point. Sorry, 54.24, meaning they're getting, uh, of those shot attempts, some pretty high-quality scoring chances as well. Um, so really great to see the Bruins up there. Uh, in terms of PDO, they're pretty level at 
100.7, meaning, you know, they're not really dining out on high sh shooting percentages and save percentages. Uh, basically, the idea is that uh, the average team will be around the 100 level mark, and uh, Tampa Bay actually is tops since January 1st at 104.3, so really getting that uh, advanced shooting percentage and save percentage. So, you know, maybe a bit of luck factoring into their uh, recent rise as well, and we're seeing that regression over the last 10 games or so where they've only won uh, four of those, three of them in regulation. So that's an updated look at the Eastern Conference power rankings. Again, uh, due to the playoff format, uh, it'd be a lot more interesting if it was straight up one to eight. Uh, we'd see, uh, you know, uh, from Carolina down to Florida, six through 11, there's only a three point difference there. Uh, but again, because the Maple Leafs and Panthers are in the Atlantic, they get an advantage there because one of those spots is secure, whereas the Hurricanes, Islanders, Blue Jackets, and Rangers are fighting for those two wildcard spots with Florida in there, as well as a potential team to rise up into the one of those spots. Who do you think is going to make the playoffs? Let me know at ENC McLaren on Twitter, at LO underscore Boston Bruins as well. What else is going on around the NHL? I, I don't think I even mentioned who scored for the Bruins last night. I'm sure you're all aware of it by now. But Matt Grizzlick and Patrice Bergeron uh, recorded his 31st of the season. They were your goal scorers for the Bruins last night, which you love to see. Uh, Mika Zibanejad became the fastest player to reach 40 goals in New York Rangers history in a win over the Dallas Stars. Boosted the... Um, Playoff chances for the Rangers. And, you know, considering their original six history, that's a pretty impressive feat. He has been uh, on Fuego as of late. I mentioned the Leafs beat the Lightning. Austin Matthews scored his 47th in that one, moving to within one of both David Pasternak and Alex Ovechkin in the goal-scoring race. Uh, Pasternak uh, doesn't seem like he's scored much lately. Yeah, he's only got one in his past four games. Uh, so hopefully he uh, breaks out a bit here coming up against Buffalo and Toronto to extend that lead. Again, Leafs and Bruins in Toronto on Saturday and uh, could be some uh, goal-scoring fireworks in that one. Morgan Riley returned to action for the first time after suffering a broken foot nearly two months ago and uh, made an impact for the Leafs clearly in that win over um the Lightning. The Islanders, I mentioned before, they've lost seven in a row. Uh, they haven't won since swinging big at the trade deadline and getting JG Pajot from the Senators, uh, which is unfortunate for them, I guess. Um, and they're, um, like I said, their playoff position is uh, well within jeopardy at this point. Coronavirus still making waves across the NHL. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets will continue to allow fans at their home games despite Ohio governor's recommendation that indoor sports events be held without spectators over concerns regarding the virus. The team has recommended that higher-risk fans, including the elderly and those with pre-existing health conditions, should avoid these events. Um, so, yeah, we're starting to see... These warnings pop up about large gatherings. 
I mentioned the other day about uh, San Jose. Um, they've uh, their county has banned gatherings over a thousand, I think, and the Bruins will be out there uh, next week. Still no word on what that means for the team, but um, and whether they'll play in front of an empty net. But again, certainly something to keep an eye on uh, for sure. Actually, the Sharks uh, have said they will adhere to the ban, and they and the NHL are working together to determine an appropriate course of action for home games through the end of the month. Again, that ban is on private gatherings of 1,000 people or more. It affects games against the Canadians on the 19th, our Bruins on the 21st, and the Coyotes on the 29th. So they have a bit of time to get things together. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the Bruins head out West and play a game in front of no fans in, uh, San Jose, obviously a very fluid situation. And we'll try to keep updated on how it affects uh, the Bruins moving forward. Uh, but yeah, again, everybody take necessary precautions, keep washing your hands, stay away from large groups if possible. And, uh, yeah, take care of yourselves. Uh, to end the show, uh, I'm really struggling as to whether to address this uh, Joe Haggerty tweet from this morning about Tugarask's shutout last night. And he said, imagine, oh, sorry, he said, yeah, now do it in game seven of the Stanley Cup final. That's all the Tuca hot take crew needs to see. If Honestly, if I can't even imagine thinking Tugarask was the reason the Bruins didn't win the cup last season. He, uh, game seven was not on him at all. We know there was uh, some bad luck in the first period. The Bruins missed a couple big opportunities. The line changed from Brad Marchand. There's no doubt in my mind that Tukarask would have been the Con Smythe winner if the Bruins won that game. And they wouldn't be there uh, without his play uh, throughout the playoff run. So just... Miss me with that take, please. And if anyone takes that seriously, then I don't know what to, what to say. That's it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I encourage you now to go over to the Locked On NHL podcast and check out the national show. Always some great content over there. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to... What's tomorrow? Yeah, no game tomorrow, so... Maybe we'll try to check in with uh, one of the show's favorite guests and, and throw up a chat tomorrow with, with somebody else. I'll see what I can do there. Hope you all have a great Wednesday. Take care of yourselves, and we will come back tomorrow with another episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Peace.